All right. The Leafs are done. It's Leafs talk. I'm JD Bunkus, Sam McKee, Justin Bourne. Yeah, I don't even know where to begin with this because I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I found myself, well, even during this game watching it, especially when the Leafs were down 2 nothing, having trouble staying locked into the moment because the weight of what could come was so big that it was hard not to let your mind wander and start thinking about, you know, potential big picture discussions that you were going to have. Leafs make a comeback. The hope starts back alive. You start spinning back into the opposite direction. And now it's over. And yeah, hello, darkness, my old friend. The Leafs get one win at home during the playoffs. And they are packing their bags. The good news for them is they they don't need to travel. They're home. They can just go sleep in their beds. Like, again, I I do not know where to begin. How are you guys feeling right now? I'll start with you, Sammy. I would say that the greatness of a overtime game winner when your team scores one, and I think back to the first round of how incredible that feels, watching Nick Cousins come down there off the left wing and do his best Jeremy Roenick impression and just fire one into the net, seeing that twine be pickled it is just as horrible the other way like that just is such a gut punch to lose your season like that it's it's such a horrible way for your season to end and you kind of felt like it was coming when Lilligren dives deep down on that nothing three on two that they had with Noel Achari and I don't even know who the hell else was out there right. it just it just felt like it was coming as soon as that puck turned back the other way it's kind of the way the hockey works in overtime and yeah man it just it's a tough pill to swallow for a lot of Leaf fans. That was a kick in the you-know-what. It's just such a guillotine moment, right? Because like you do believe if they score that goal, if it's the Leafs, you know, it's 3-2, it's momentum, it's more time. It's, yeah, you know, I think because you believe if they get it, it's just the finality of it is brutal. Um, yeah. You know, not to dive too hard into all the takes, but like it's impossible to sit here and be like, Matthews doesn't score for five games. Doesn't get one tonight. You know, they're stuck on two goals for the seventh straight game. You can't get the three. It's the story of the series for me. Yeah. Just quickly before we get into the hard takes, that pad that just tipped off the edge of Bobrovsky's pad, that'll haunt me for a long time. Like that is a millimeter from going into the net. Like I I don't know how much closer it can be than going into the net off that great tip by Tavares. And we're doing a happy show. Hockey's brutal boys. Playoff hockey, overtime hockey, it is a cruel, cruel, cruel game. And I think all of Leafs Nation is feeling that right now. Brutal way to go. It it, it also just felt, though, and, and again, this could be confirmation bias, whatever, but it, it felt like the Leafs hit a bit of a wall in the overtime. Like, yeah. they needed the break. They came out with a decent punch, and they were competing, and they killed that penalty, which, you know, puck goes over the glass. They kill it, and I'm actually thinking, okay, so – Toronto down two goals, comes back to tie a game. It's William Nylander who does it. You know, the guy who always was questioned whether he would be able to bring it uh, long enough or consistently enough. And then they kill a puck over the glass penalty in overtime. And I'm starting to go into full just, you know what? Maybe all of this is the Truman Show. And this has all been torturous for Leaf fans. So it would lead to this moment where every narrative kind of fits the puzzle piece. So you're right, Sammy, just the, the brutal at just the complete slash your throat moment of no over you're done you gotta lay in it it's awful but i did think that 
it, it just it did look to me like the Leafs horses had completely lost their legs in the final few minutes before that goal. And, and you could start to feel the the ice tilt towards Florida and it start to feel a little bit more dangerous. Yeah, I think, you know, one thing you see from like uh, grinders or fourth liners who don't get a lot of ice time is you see guys shoot pucks from distance like this is, I don't know, maybe it'll go in. I felt like you were seeing that from Matthews at the end and, you know, Marner when he wasn't giving it to the other side, you know, the same things just like, I don't know, I'm not going to be able to get to the net. So I'm just going to shoot it from out here. And it never felt overly threatening. The most threatening thing was when Camp and Lafferty and those guys were out there buzzing around. It was like, okay, they had a clear step on the opponent, but you didn't see that speed throughout the rest of the lineup. To your tired point, Bunk, I completely agree. And it really did feel to me like they were hitting a wall. And you look at how much they played in that game. Like Marner played 31-37 in that game. Austin Matthews was up to 29-28 in that game. Like they had played a ton. And I know the other guys had played a ton too, but like throughout this series – they have played by far the most of anyone in the Leafs. When you that's go to 11, eleven and seven, that's exactly it. You go to eleven and seven, you start to wear down in these big spots like this, and it just really looked and like that's not confirmation bias. That's accurate. There was a couple times where the puck kind of got turned up through the neutral zone, and it looked like Matthews had room to skate, and he just kind of was just dumping turned. it in, like you said, yeah. that clapper that he took from inside the blue. It just it really looked like they were losing it. Yeah, I I, I think that. You know, obviously there's going to be a lot of litigation about the core four after the series and what happens. And and really, you can't even have a core four conversation because Tavares isn't going anywhere. Like he has a full no move clause. He makes 11 sheets a season. Yeah, three he's kids. He's from Toronto. Yeah, he's he's not going anywhere. So really the conversation comes down to the three guys. A lot of it, I know, is going to be determined by Matthews himself in terms of, well, he and Nylander, just the discussions they have with whoever is the general manager moving forward here. But I, it is hard to watch this game and for me not to kind of have the number one takeaway be that kind of yet again in a series, Matthews and Marner just didn't have, like they played so much and I, I don't know, like this just to tie it into the ice time, I, I couldn't believe Marner was on the ice for 30 plus minutes, like what was he showing you in that game that made Sheldon Keefe want to just completely burn him out? Sam Lafferty barely played over 11 minutes, and he just kind of did have an impact on the game. His line was on the ice for a goal. I- I'm a little perplexed by some of the coaching decisions to just kind of lean so heavily on the horses, even though it was a must-win game, when the horses didn't always show great it's the absence of something again, porn. I don't know what to tell you. It's like, that's the way to kind of describe it again. It's like, but how, how many times tonight did you guys notice Mitch Marner with like a forceful play or like a really notable moment in the offensive zone? Well, doesn't it seem like to both you guys that this is a guy that's going down with the ship? Like Keith knows what's at stake with this game. And he's like, if I'm going to go down here, I'm going down with my supposed top guys. Like I, I don't yeah. like, I like Sam Lafferty too, but I'm not, you know, upset at the fact that Marner plays 30 minutes in, a, in an elimination game when it goes to how many minutes in overtime like that's what Keith had to do and you can talk about him waiting to break agree. them up and Matthews and Marner but like I don't know maybe Lafferty should have been up near 14 minutes okay like I, I don't I don't know how much more you wanted him to play it just ultimately comes down to the inability for these two guys to deliver in a really big game I know they I know he scored in game four to send this to game five but ultimately that doesn't matter at all anymore like they didn't show up in the next biggest one here where they didn't score anything. So 
I, I really don't have a problem with them playing that much. You have to play them that much. Mm. If you're Keith, you'd be crazy to not play them that much. No, see, Bourne, I need you to s- split this one here just in terms of what you think. Because to me, it's like I-, I watch a lot of other sports. Like I'm not just a hockey guy. I do a general sports show. Um, and-, and like I cover everything. And it's pretty much a basic sports principle to, quote, ride the hot hand. And like those guys had been producing over the last couple of games. And I'm not advocating for Sam Laffer to be over 20 minutes, but I think when Mitch Marner burns out in a hockey game and you can see him basically like dragging down the ice and Matthews can't get to those spots, it's like there is a point of diminishing returns where a coach has to know, okay, I need to make sure that guys have energy late in periods. I am managing the bench here. And if you do have guys who are having an impact on the game the way that Lafferty and Camp were, then you should be giving them an extra shift and you should be trying to find something else for the other guys. So I I don't agree, Sammy, at all. The the problem, though, Bunk, is all game state. You're chasing the game till four minutes left. You're behind. And so you're going, I need someone who can make a play, who can do something, create something. And those guys are so unique in their ability to create. And then in overtime, you're like, if I get these guys out there, we can end this. And how many times did he load up Tavares with Matthews or Marner? Nylander, right? Like he was just trying to be like, end it mercifully. And the longer that game went on, the more advantage was Florida's who, you know, because the, the way the minutes were being doled out for the Leafs. So I don't, I can see how the minutes got to where they got. I understand generally, like I totally agree. Those guys were playing well in the fourth line, use them a lot, but it was just like you were chasing this thing and then trying to end it. So it, minutes got weird, man. Um, so do we do this conversation now? Because I, I do think like the story of the game and the legacy of the series is going to be coming down to Matthews and Marner, right? No question. Yeah. 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 You don't get to the inside. You don't get the goals. One goal between them. And even that was a floater from distance. You know, it's not, not good, good enough. enough. Uh, yeah. It's no. not good enough. Like it's, no. you know, you can, you can talk about him blocking shots and you can talk about offensive offensive zone chances. You can talk about his defensive work, but you know, they don't put him on the cover of magazines for his block shots here, fellas. Like it's, he's supposed to be a goal scorer. And we talked about it today on real Kipper and born. This is a signature moment, right? It's a game five. This is, you know, on your home ice. This is the second round of the playoffs. You're in pursuit of something that only four teams have ever done in the history of the league. This is the type of time where a superstar comes out and puts, you know, what on the table that go out there and show that I'm one of the best players in the world. And maybe he had some good moments, but he just simply wasn't good enough. And it's a failure. Like it, it just is full stop. Yeah. And you'll see, you see in other sports, um, well in hockey too, people like have these moments earlier in their careers, not that Matthews is early in his career, but like, it's not like the narrative for his career is written, but tough to look at this particular run, you know, he's validated by the first round. He was very good, but you know, you you're beholden to the whole run and the standards are higher and, I, you know, it's, it is tough to look at this postseason run because the whole way this plan was to work was that these guys would get it done when it was good enough around them. It was good yeah. enough around them. We liked their fourth line. Their D was solid. They got enough saves, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it, the, the plan didn't work. And part of that is like to do this, whereas like you had everything in place and it still didn't work. So, so, so now, uh, what? yeah, well, here's, here's the thing. And I would say this too. If Matthews and Marner had the series they just had, and it was basically in any other market, I think that they would actually be getting completely crucified. But here, we have a lot of participation trophies being handed out when it comes to sh- here chances. They look yeah. And, 
And it's a lot of, hey, they're doing other good things. And hey, ultimately, at the end of the day, these guys have accomplished this in the regular season. And these are great players. And I think the frustrating thing here is if your argument is that this is always going to, you got to keep this moving forward because they have skill, right? And like they're the, some of the most skilled players in the regular season, like you're never going to be able to advocate for any kind of change or any kind of shakeup. And, and to kind of your point, Sammy, a little bit there is, it's Austin Matthews, a heart winner, and Mitch Marner, someone that people were putting up for Selkie this year. Someone that people Finalist. say is, you know, is is one of the top premier forwards in the NHL. And if you're going to come out of a series against a team like the Florida Panthers, that again is one of the leakier defensive teams in the NHL, and essentially have no production, like tell me the market or tell me the sport. Like, what sport does this happen in where? You know, a quarterback throws three interceptions, essentially, and they don't kill him for it. Where is the basketball player where they get, you know, losing five games in a series and the the Hooper doesn't score 20 points a game? You know, the star player of the team, they get killed for this. And like, I mean, I I don't feel like they're getting killed. What? You don't think they're getting killed? I Well, I guess maybe this is just me sort of searching (laughs) for what the criticism is here, because I just... I really do think that this entire series, it's a team sport. It's hockey. They got a good goaltender that showed up. Florida scored some timely goals. But I just think, like, this is so much on those two guys. Absolutely. No question. Like, it's and, and it's funny, too, because to we've moved past Tavares as a guy you expect that from. The His expectations are different. Yeah. yeah I just, but he needs to score, too. Old. Like, he, he, yeah. yeah, but he's but he's old, sure. But he had the puck on his stick in the slot. Yeah. Eight times or nine times in this series where he could have, you know, this, all these games were so tight, fellas. Yeah. He tucks two or three. The Leafs could be up three, two in this series or like potentially winning this series at this point. Like, you know, you can talk about Matthews and Marner and you can talk about Tavares. You can talk about Willie or whatever. Like, it's just, I really do feel like it's a failure of the whole core four and yeah. in general, the philosophy. Like, I know Matthews and Marner will probably wear it the worst. Because, you know, Willie scores a big goal. Neilander's the best leaf in the series by yeah. a mile. Yeah, yeah Neilander turned it on from game two forward. Absolutely. And he, was just, you know, and he, ma- and he, make, he makes the less of all of them. And I think people have already yeah. made their minds up on him either way, regardless. True. I just really do think that it's going to be a kind of coronation of a butt kicking for these four guys, which I think, or for these three guys, which is kind of the way it's going to go here. Borny, yeah. can I just follow up on the Tavares thing? I, I agree with you, Sam. And I actually think like one of the points I wanted to bring up in this game tonight is to me, one of the big like tipping points of the series was Tavares' inability to score. And you forgive yeah. him for being slow, right? You forgive him for not being the player that he once was. But the one expectation you have is that when he gets his chances, he puts them in the back of the freaking net. Yeah, And there were a couple of moments again tonight, one on the power play where he looks off Matthews for a backdoor feed, right? It doesn't guaranteed get over to Matthews, but he tries to shovel a puck into the net. He has another opportunity for a big tip, doesn't get it done. He has multiple breakaways in the series. Like I- I'm with you on the Tavares thing. I guess it's just harder for me because when I think of this, he's just this immovable player who's clearly in a pretty steep decline. But yes, when it comes to criticism and not scoring goals, Sammy, I agree. If t- if Tavares scores half of his opportunities in the series, then the Leafs win. I guess my problem is, is that at least he was creating some. Yeah, like, yeah. where were the ones that Matthews and Marner were creating? That, they didn't the even exact take point. opportunities. I just score. can't remember Marner having a scoring chance. 
in yeah. this series. Am I being hyperbolic there? Like I, I know he shot one in from distance. Can I? Can you remember a scoring chance? He, he had, had one, one today. In the, yeah, right in the first yeah. shift or second shift where he came in and he was soft wrister against the blocker. That yeah, just, yeah, that yeah. Yeah. just felt it and just kind of right yeah. into the corner. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, I can see the puck, and it's a soft wrister. I will put yeah. that away." I guess right. scoring chances, yeah, sort of subjective here, but yeah, yeah, right. I had one. Just yeah. you know, and so if you're not getting to the inside in the offensive zone, um, you know, you're shooting from the perimeter and hoping for tips and screens and things to go through, and kind of banking on luck. It's you know, they, they the least weren't terrible in this series, and you're going to hear that, and that's fine because it's the truth. They weren't terrible. They weren't outplayed, but. They just, you know, to get through, they need those guys to pull them through. It's a lot of pressure on them, sure, but that's almost all salary cap teams now. Your best players That's are, what the money is for. That's right. Yeah, you have the pressure because you are paid to be that guy. That's what yeah, the money again, is for. It's to me, it just, it's that, that's the question that I'm just going to keep asking people. And that's the theme to me that I'll keep coming back to, which is, well, what is the bar then? Like, what is the bar? Because if, if you want to run it back, You've got one playoff series now that you won in seven years and you did have some no-show performances. Your stars once again completely went away and did not produce in a series against a team that just like got lit up the round before when it came to giving up goals. And I know Bobrovsky got hot, sure. But again, what is the bar? Is the bar that if Matthews and Marner face a good goaltender and a team that's playing with some tenacity, they're just they're not going to be able to score? The bar is that they block some shots and they kill penalties and they had to play a lot like what what is the expectation? Well, then the question is, if if you f- find them short of that, what is the plan? To me, so this is the tough one about doing this in the moment because I do feel like I'll flip flop on this multiple times. I'm just going to say I know that's kind of a like a bit of a soft answer, but this is how I feel about it in this exact moment. To me, I think you now have enough of a sample, especially when it comes to Mitch Marner in the playoffs, that. The regular season player just does not translate consistently to the postseason. Again, he gets that shot that goes in against the Panthers. Good for him. He scores that goal. But that being his second goal in 50 playoff games outside of the first two games of a playoff series is just sort of a death knell stat for me. And to me, if you're looking at it from a value standpoint, all right, if Matthews asks out, right, if he wants to be traded, and I know now we're doing really big picture stuff. If Matthews has to be traded, it changes the math on everything. But if he wants to stay, I think you still have to give him money because the history of the game is you keep doubling down on the great players. And ultimately, he is one of them in the league, despite the fact that he had a really rough series and deserves criticism for it. And I'm totally here for the people, too, who have the questions about the commitment in the moment when it comes to this guy, whether or not he has that little bit of an extra gear, right? Nylander's going into an expiration year. What are you really going to be getting in return for a guy that has one year left on his contract? And like, how do you make your team better? It's going to be worth 10 on his next. Exactly. That you have to pay a ton for Marner's under contract. And I think that you would be able to sell that the pressure of the market was really impactful in what you saw in some of the post seasons. And so if you're shopping someone around to me, he's kind of like, I don't want to say the only answer, but to me, pretty clearly the most obvious one at this point. I mean, we got big, we're waiting on big news now the next few days. Like Dubas can be around Sheldon. Is he going to be around? I think Sheldon is a hundred percent. If I had one take that is, I will say from my stomach and I will scream it loudly. Is that, that is probably, I think that if you're going to be like, 
really critical of Kyle Dubas, his decision to bring back Sheldon Keefe for this season, knowing that he was outcoached at now and he's been outcoached in every playoff series that he's been a part of. I think that sort of like, what's the word for this? It's not nepotism because he's not a family member, but that favoritism that he showed to someone he had a relationship with. Yeah, that that loyalty is is going to be the thing that haunts me. Is like, what would have happened if a different coach with a different background of experience would have come in here for these playoffs? What would like, have happened? I, that's always going to be a question mark for me. Sheldon Keith, in my opinion, a hundred percent gone. Pack your bags; it's over. I imagine um, at the start of the year, if there was a certain legendary coach that was going on podcast, say he's wanted to coach the Leafs yeah. while the Leafs were in peril, uh, yeah. you know. You look back on that and wonder, like, I, I really do think that I, I don't know if even Dubas is going to be back. Do you like, I, I, no. I think this, I think we're really heading into a real overchange of everything. Like I think Shanahan, like this is like a real moment here where this plan, I think pretty clearly has not worked. The goal are we at have, the end of the Shanna plan? Is it over? We've seen it through. Well, you have well, you have four. You have plan. four. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say that it it's literally too much too soon. Is just the name of the game with this thing with everybody. Is I, I was a move off of Lou Lamarello. I don't even. This is not even like a Lou versus Dubas thing. I'm really trying to do here. But I think that if you look back on things, you go. You do wish Lou Lamarello would have done the contracts with the young guys, right? Like. Is is that yeah, something people wouldn't have wanted? And that's that the young like guy. So long ago now, God, I don't know. Would, is, he have got, would he have gotten less? That numbers, man. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, he, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe. I'm just saying that it always felt a little too soon. Where Shanahan was moving off of Lou when they moved into like that era of switching. Like they were having some positive momentum. They end up moving off him. You go okay, and then those players, Marner, Matthews, and Nylander, end up getting everything up front. And that included the adulation of this fan base. And so it was like, what were you going to play for? You had the organization by the stones. And yeah. it's like, it's at least a fair thing, I think, to question whether or not everybody, them being kind of an unprecedented group in terms of being able to get all of the money before any success is something that had an impact on what we had here. So to me, that's the way that this thing's going to be defined is the all or nothing, or what was it called? Sorry, uh, we can and we, we can will. And we will. Yeah, it, just be, it goes down as the the too soon era, and it does. It's a failure at this point because I just I don't. Here's what I think we can say pretty conclusively, right? Is everything's on the table. We don't know exactly what's going to happen, but what the this version of the Toronto Maple Leafs that we've been following for the last you know amount of seasons is over. For sure. What matters I, the very most out of all these decisions is Austin Matthews. Yeah. No question. More than the coach, more than the GM to me. You know, there's like, you know, he's in a handful of five guys in the NHL that can, he's going to sh- shoot 50 in the next, next, uh, in the net next year. You know, in the playoffs against Tampa Bay, he scores five times massive goals. And, you know, I know he didn't score in this series, but he's still, he's Austin Matthews. You can see what he d- can do. So, you know, yeah. that's, that's a biggie, boy. I, you know, I, I'm fascinated by the thought of a fresh set of eyes on this whole thing, right? Like it's been the same guy in charge for a really long time here now. And, you know, you could have talked to me into everyone being gone after Montreal. And that was three series ago. That was three years ago now. So I, I don't know. I, 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 I I honestly though, do have a fear of life beyond this because there has been stability and there has been really great regular seasons where they've run it up. They've been excellent. And like, they've looked good. And listen, 
don't get me wrong. I do want change here, but there is the other side of this where it's like, you know, they bring somebody else in and you're like, okay, well, I, I just, I'm in such a state of flex here where I really don't know what I want. It's, like, it's I, been it's, really it's nice that like, time. If, if all things kind of go to plan, like a nothing game happens, the Leafs just kind of win three, one and have for the last like years and years, you know, <laughs> like you just, you, you take it for granted. And you know, a lot of the filling in around the edges and a lot of, you know, Dubas has done a lot of great work for this team to be as good as they've been. No doubt. They haven't got over the hump and you, you can't yeah. say that regular season success is the goal. So you're looking at change square in the eye, but Sammy, I get it. Like, I have a lot of concern that they're like, we brought in Keith Jones, you know, but in Toronto colors and it's, and no offense, Keith Jones, but like, and all this, it's like, wait, Gudis actually isn't very good, you know? Yeah. But you know what though? I, I kind of, I, I, I can't, I know what you're saying, but I also do hate that argument against breaking up the core. It always seems to me like the position that people put it in is, well, if you're breaking up the core four or you're firing Kyle Dubas or you're moving off of somebody, then you're bringing in an idiot or you're making a trade for someone who sucks and is all intangibles and has no, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's just, no, no, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. you can make good choices from here. You're right. Yeah. It, it's, it's not like, just, like, don't be afraid of the unknown. Essentially. Like there, there is a possibility that you end up changing things and it works out for you as well. I, I think at this point, what I would ask people is, okay, what do you think it is that you're really risking here? Because how much do you need to actually see of this formula of do well in the regular season, have a certain amount of apathy set in? And I, I do think that that's a part of this too, is that these guys having to treat the regular season as this doesn't matter. We just need to accumulate our points and we get to the playoffs and it's so tight for all of us. And we know the pressure. We know yeah. the implication. Like this has been three seasons of all in in a row. There has to be a mental toll for everyone involved in this going, Oh, like all in again. <laughs> like that's have you guys played poker? Going yeah, all in. You've got no chips left. <laughs> yeah, like, you're done. You're leave yeah, the table. <laughs> they're they're flat out has to be changed now. Like there's just yeah. like I'm sorry. Like they're like, you know, I can talk about the fear of the unknown that I have, and that's just fan stuff. But like from a business perspective, from team success perspective. If you go, like, there is just no way we're going to sit here. And this isn't reactive after a playoff heartbreak. No, you loss. can't sell to the fans. There's no way you can come back next year with the same oh, stuff God. intact. Like, there's What's just so absolutely killer, no though? chance. Like, yeah. I abstain from Leafs talk during the regular season next year. Like, I'm going to be Kucherov, boys. I'm yeah, going yeah. to rock my hip. And I'm going to be like, oh, my hip, boys. I can't sit in the chair and do it. Wake me up for playoffs. No Leafs talk during yeah. the regular season. I'm going on LTIR. I can't do it. Like, there's, there's just no way that you can go into next year without changes. And yeah. to me, this next little stretch is going to be so fascinating to see what those changes are. Like, it's I, just so crazy, though, because like these guys are that we're talking about, we're talking about Nylander, Matthews, and Marner are 26, yeah. 25, yeah, right 26. You know, like, you know, how it, you know, like if you have all three on your team in a playoff series, you got a pretty good chance. But I understand that it hasn't worked, so you can't sell that the killer the killer is Tavares that's all we that's it that 11 yeah. million dollars is what's absolutely killing you like it's the the sure. what you could do, what you could do with that 11 million dollars to kind of fill out the rest of your roster so you're not you know as thin in other spots like it's that is an anchor 
It but really this is. has been that was the gambit, right? It was like, all right, they're going to get the one extra centerman that's going to give them a huge advantage during mm-hmm. this prime window. We don't think the end of the deal is going to be great, but during this part, it's going to be worth it for us to do this. And now you're through that part and you're paying the price now. <laughs> like this, like they knew exactly where they would be after year five of that seven year deal, and they're where they thought they would be. And we're, they're. We're st- we're at the end of Brent Seabrook's contract without three Stanley Cups right now. That's what's happening, basically. 100%. Yes. I, again, though, I just I do want to couch this a little just in that. Was Tavares extremely disappointing? Is that contract horrific? You know, was I playing the game on my show earlier yeah. this week going, what is his deal if he goes to free agency tomorrow? Yes, 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 right? But, you know, John Tavares didn't hold Matthews and Marner's hands behind his back as those two guys didn't score any goals again in this playoff series. He's not responsible for Mitch Marner having what I think now is, yeah, nine playoff goals over 50 playoff games. Like, I I just, I don't like the oversimplification of like, it's all Tavares. I just, I think that's really unfair. You're right. He would be the most obvious move if his contract was not completely immovable. He would be the number one thing you would focus on and say, Mm -hmm. well, let's keep trying with the other three guys and move this one. But I, I just don't like that he's going to act as a shield for criticism for guys who drastically disappointed again in a, in a round oh, again yeah. against the Florida I'm, Panthers. I'm just saying like the, you know, it's, it's an anchor. It's an $11 it's million dollar thing in a cap world where their the cap isn't going up and boy, it ain't going to be going up with Carolina and Florida in the semifinals. Time. But yeah, yeah it's, I know I'm not sure that's going to drive the old, uh, HRR up the, the oh, cap and the Canes and the semis cap for another decade. Yeah. God. <laughs> So I, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, you're right. That is unfair to Devaris, but it's just that number is just so daunting for like, just in general, like it's 11 yeah, million I, bucks. I you can do so much with it. And all that. These are fair comments. So we're talking about hockey players and, and what's left, you know, that's the Leafs, man. That's a big question. Hey guys, I, at this point, I think one of the craziest things with Tavares, and I, I remember Elliot Friedman talked about it last year. Remember during the off season where he went, when are they going to bump him out to the wing? And they just could not do it this season. They just did not have the depth at the position, whatever. It was too early in the contract. I don't know how you could possibly consider him playing down the middle for 82 games next year. Like, it's done. Like, he's a winger now. He's an $11 million winger. It's tough. I I totally hear you, Sammy. It's just, it's it's hard to process it. But you're right, Borny. The... The play was always built around that the other guys around him would be spectacular too. And really none of them were so great. Tavares is 30-35 for 65 points and 16 minutes a night next year. (laughs) The looks of things. So yeah, lots of other guys, UFAs, Kerfoot, you know, there's O'Reilly, Hall. Who else you got? Camp, Achari. It's going to look look a lot different. Yeah. I don't think any of those guys you just named are coming back. Shen, where, where are the I troops at? Where are the troops back. at? I think Shen God. wants to go back to BC, right? I gotta tell you, I am not going to be hurt by not having to watch Kerfoot next season as a Leaf. I yeah. again, good guy, worked hard, full respect yeah. for him. But man, in playoffs, he's a regular season guy for me. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even go that far. <laughs> to be honest with you, <laughs> I'm not even saying, by the way, when I say I don't think any of them will be back next year, that I wouldn't try. Like, I would love if the Leafs tried to sign Nolachari. I think it's pretty clear that he'd be a fan favorite here, but it's one of those things where you go, you're a capped out team. You've got to once, like, that's the thing here, fellas. The Leafs don't have a bunch of cap space to just be paying free agents. They got to go back into the, like, 
Michael Bunting is a goner, right? Mm -hmm. And what else ends up at the only way that you end up bringing some of those guys back in free agency is if you do move off of the money from a Mitch Marner and take back a smaller contract. But then what you're conceding that you've lost the trade in a pretty significant way when it comes to the talent you're getting back. Like I, they are, they're in a pickle of a jam. Well, that's the new guy. If there's a new GM, it's a lot easier to talk to those guys about their no trade clauses than it is for Kyle who gave them and has been here to be like, Oh, sorry about that. Would you want to go elsewhere? Like easier for the new guy to be like, just checking in here. Not as interested in you as the guy before. Fellas. Uh, could we talk about the massive controversial refereeing a decision that may or may not have cost the Leafs the game? Yes. Yes. I, I want to go there right there. I just, I, I just to close out the free agency thing. I just want to say the other thing that sucks about having your stars not show up in these moments and having the market feel as kind of toxic as it does right now is one of the other plays of being the don't worry. We can find guys between the margins is that you always hope that guys like Ryan O'Reilly, who later in their careers, right, like the the Mark Giordano's and the Spezza's, that they would want to do stuff like this and take less money around them. And now that you've seen these stars just completely not have success in the postseason, and there's not really that, well, we could be chasing rings here. Like, who's convincing themselves that they're joining some kind of big winning product now? I feel like when you're asking, say, a Ryan O'Reilly to return on a contract if you want to retain him or asking a Nola Chari to try to maybe, you know, pinch a penny here or there to retain him or take even a flat contract versus go to a market he'd feel more comfortable in as American, like, you don't have that added chip anymore. Like, that, no, that those allure. Guys come here, like, Marlowe, Thornton, Spezza, yeah. Gio, they all come here because they believe that this core is, like, ridiculously good. As it yeah. becomes in question, tougher to sell that. The questions yes. are... Uh, Plentiful. There is a bouquet of questions. Many, many questions about this core. This is a bounty of questions, fellas. Yes. The question harvest this year will be very, very plentiful. Okay, yeah. Let's move on to the goal. Sammy, set it up. Uh, That was in the net. That was in the net. I've watched it a hundred times. It was in the net. It was in the net. Like the the angle that from the front, you can see enough white, like if the ref screwed up, not calling it a goal on the ice and then they couldn't come back from it. And it just, to me, it was a goal. I, I know they tied the game. So technically it doesn't cost him and the space time, time continuum. It's impossible to see what would have happened after that. If they had to tie the game, you can't just be in a vacuum. They would have won three, two, but to me, it was a goal. Morgan Riley. What a star. He's, I mean, the, only, he's the only, God. he's the only, Star on this team with any guts, honestly, other than Nylander. Yeah, he is. Morgan, hey, okay. Let's do that actually quickly. I I had the thought when he had that moment, I went, you know when the take was Morgan Riley should be the captain and then Tavares came and Tavares was the captain? It was like, Morgan Riley's the captain of this team, okay? He's the guts of this team. He's the heart of this team. He's the perfect blend of in his prime, been here the longest. It's like, if Bourne, you used to have that strip Tavares of the take I agree, but give it to Morgan Riley after this playoff series. Like he's the guy. He's the he's guy. Also the guy you want to hear in interviews because he's thoughtful 100%. and has a pulse yeah. on it. Yeah, a hundred percent. The guy that I know is wearing it the hardest right now in that dressing room that has been here from the beginning and actually performed and was clutch and was man. Like 
Why is Morgan Riley driving the net more as a defenseman in this series than Mitch Marner? Can you just answer me that? I just... I, yeah, I had that thought a couple times watching you know Marner skate it behind the net and Riley put his stick his leg out. And look, this is the type of thing that happens when you go to the net. You maybe get pulled yeah. down. The, the puck maybe goes in randomly. Like it's just. I mean, sense. excellent hockey for Morgan Riley in this series. And yeah, he's uh, it. Has he ever played for Team Canada? Not in the Olympics, has he? No, I well, there's been no Olympics. Uh, right. The, the, they'll yeah, never try. play again. Yeah, no, we instead we get to watch world championship hockey with Tyler Toffoli as the captain. That's the best we can get. Uh, Watching God, we, look good. we look good today. Latvian. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 40. Sammy has a like real strong addiction to world championship hockey. Oh, yeah, like, I love he, world hockey. Yeah, he I love loves it. it. He's Oh, yeah. He's a he's a he's a grinder when it comes to just watching those games. I just to finish my thought on Riley is man, I just guys warrior. I feel so bad for slagging him during the regular season, even though he was bad. I'm just I, I if I was looking if I was in that dressing room, I'd be going. Everybody should apologize to this guy. He left yeah. it all out there. He left a piece of him in this playoffs. And it's weird to say this about a millionaire athlete who's younger than me, but it's like he. I'm proud of you, Morgan. Like you it's- were great. <laughs> You don't well, deserve any of the criticism yeah, that is going to come agreed. the way of this hockey club. You were phenomenal. He'll have a legacy here in Toronto, even when if this core doesn't break through, people will respect his contributions to it. Just my yeah. two cents on the goal is that um, yeah. I'm with Sammy in that, like if they have a chip in the puck and a yeah. chip on the line or whatever, like that puck probably under the goaltender is probably in the net at some point. But I don't think there's any way you can call that in the net with what we have right now. No, you obviously can. I, I, I thought it was hilarious that people had strong opinions on it. Like I can see it in the net or that there was that weird, like here's the puck in the net when the play is clearly but, dead. But here's the thing with it. The NHL cr- created, they created gray area with this continuation rule. And they had five guys who've watched hockey their entire lives on the panel arguing like a bunch of dudes at a bar that had no idea what was going on. Like there's so much gray area with these rules. They're like, well, the puck was in the net, but the whistle had gone. But is there continuation involved? Like who the hell knows the rules? Like the rules are so weird. Like it's like, they just create gray area to me. Like when the goalie pulls the puck out of the net from below his skate, it's kind of be like, oh, well the the puck was probably in there at some point here. Like it, (laughs) He kicked it back, though, as he stands up clearly when the play is dead. The puck moves back over the goal line for the most definitive part once everyone has stopped playing. Like, I, I here's what I'll agree with you on. One, Born, the point about the technology, I'm not a big add more tech to sports guys in general because I just feel like it hasn't worked in a lot of cases. Like, if you look at baseball, the guys who come off the bag for a split second, you know, some of the instant replay in football, what's a catch, what hasn't been. People think that video review or certain things is going to be a catch-all, and then it ends up creating problems we don't know. Here's I'm not a huge tennis guy, but this one's has there ever been a controversy in tennis of the ball? No, they're like, that was out. They're like, let's look at the thing. And yeah. they're like, no, it wasn't. They're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, right. that one seems pretty good. And in I would say- too, man. In soccer, too, if, the, if it like goes over the line, they go to yeah. like that like- you know, video game thing where they like show the net and then yeah, they like show right. the ball over the yeah. line. It's like, huh, that yeah. multi-million dollar, billion dollar organization has something pretty good. Maybe the other billion dollar organization that this game, yeah. like Freege nailed it at the intermission. He's like, 
do you know how much is riding on that goal? Like what's like the stakes of this are enormous. And you're just like some, like, you know, some guy with stripes on his shirt being like, Oh no, but that didn't go in. Hey, eh? I don't know. Did that go in? Eh? Like, 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 let's go. Let's go. Let's go check with old Donnie down the road. See if he went, thought that puck went in. Oh gee, Jimmy. I don't know. Did that puck go in? Like yeah. maybe put a goddamn tip in the puck. Yeah. So I, all I know with this is, it's especially confusing. I know this is feels like, and whatever, it is Leafs talk. So this is obviously going to come with a tint of homerism. Like, why haven't you been talking about this before? Well, one, I've definitely talked about this before. Uh, this is not the first time where I've gone, oh, they should really have the technology where you can tell this. But what makes it especially confusing is that it's a player with the most equipment on the ice involved in these plays where you can lose sight of the puck yes. fairly easily. Like, yeah, it's not over it. Like, yeah, it's not like this play is so unheard of that we can't see the puck when the huge yeah. goalie with the mountain of equipment is on him is making this play. Like, it's an obvious change to me that the league should be making. This just seems like a layup. This seems like a victory. It's going to be a bad one, though, for Leaf fans if they do it the following season. Because if they do, it becomes the tuck rule. And Leaf fans let it live in infamy amongst their torture chamber of just little... Uh, treasures they have on the wall of this is when i hurt this time you know it's just it's, it's now like we bills have a fan, it's like up. bills fans with josh yeah. allen and overtime like that's exactly what it is yeah. if they change it where it's yeah. like oh they changed it because of our crippling heartbreak yeah it's great i don't know if it was in or not i don't have a definitive opinion i think that logically there's a pretty good chance it was yeah sammy i i know you you got that you saw the the one grainy photo <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, people, dude, this is literally going to be the news of Pruder film. People are just going to be breaking this thing down for yeah, years. You don't to get come. to lose in five and go, if it weren't for yeah, that one, no, you know, that's like, exactly you know. it. That's, that's exactly it. It's not like this was yeah. a game deciding goal in game seven. You lost yeah. three games. Like you're pick. down three, one. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like the pick. Yeah, oh, did that have, pick. I forgot about that. Yeah. The pick was tough. Uh, what? Oh, so. What do you guys think of Wall? Because it's a weird one because he let in one absolutely leaky goal early on. Leafs don't score more than two goals again. So again, it's always couched with this. I just want to let everyone know that every conversation we have is filtered through the lens of the Leafs scored two goals in seven straight playoff games. Every and game they are, is Yeah, and they are built on being an offensive team and they were playing a team that literally every person that watches hockey on the planet went, well, the Leafs are going to, probably score a bunch of goals against these guys and that could be a problem for them and can they keep up with them it should also be mentioned too that the Leafs power play was two of 11 against a group that still despite that had like 60 percent penalty kill in the playoffs despite yeah. 11 power plays where the Leafs only scored twice but yeah what do you think of wall guys I'll start with you Borny you know I think you can make all the great saves in the world and I wrote down 60 arrow up on my sheet a number of times but you just you can't let one go through your glove or that's what's going to you know what we're going to remember and uh, you know he was put in a tough spot but even the Duclair one like he goalies can make that save it's possible so he was fine I am he is not to blame for the loss I am very impressed with him he played good hockey I think there are goalies in the league who keep Florida to one or less in this game. Uh, I would say that he did as good as you can expect, really. Like, you know, yeah. it's a pretty big spot for your, what, your fourth string goalie or your third string goalie. And I third think he string. went in there. He was pretty good. Like I, well, you know, those, 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 those couple, those couple goals that go in, 
you know, like you said, the first one hurts bad too. First period, but I was pretty impressed with the kid. Yeah, thought he, he made a lot great. of thought he made a lot of pretty great saves. Thought like he gave him a chance to win the game big time. He was like a nine so, save percentage or something crazy today. Yeah, what do you, like, what, what do you have? Forty. 43 shots, 44 shots. Like he had yeah. a lot of action and I thought, you know, he was solid. The one he, the one when Kachuk tried to go through the legs and then the puck landed on somebody's stick right in the slot and he stared him down with a save with the blocker. Like I thought, you know, I thought he was really good. I did. Yeah. I really thought he was good and it made me trust him more. If I'm heading yeah. into next year, I'd trust him as like a 1B th- going into next year. That's That's what I think too, is I think you come back God, again, another problem that the next GM or Dubas is going to have is finding a way out of that Murray contract. You got to basically plead with them to go on LTIR and retire or, yeah, I don't think anybody's taking that. To his equipment. You better hope that Chicago wants to tank for another Bedard and will take that contract <laughs> off your hands because... A Mrazek-Murray duo? Yeah, I just, I don't, yeah, I don't know how you get off that one as easy. People have said the whole buyout thing, but that's not happening. The Leafs are not going to carry that much money in dead cap. Uh, Even though it's like only two something million dollars the following year. Like next year, I think it's cheap. It's like 700K and then it's 2 million. They're never going to carry $2 million in dead cap, in my opinion. It's just, it's not a tenable situation for them, for a team that's already capped out. Don't you think though that like maybe part of the, deal with him coming here when they talk to him about maybe you know if it doesn't work out first season you hear some free money go enjoy the swiss alps for a year like joffrey lupo like you don't think that was part of it like i i think there's i think there's a very very good possibility that he ends up on ltir next year I and then we really really could easily get a doctor to say that he is not fit not able yeah. to 10 goal he gets concussed when he sneezes at this point like no yeah. i don't I, i'm not making light of the concussion thing but he's just so injury prone at this mm-hmm. point um i'll make fun of him he's a band-aid and that first meme that came out with matt murray of him having two band-aids for pads was the most <laughs> accurate hilarious meme ever like he excellent meme. He had multiple different injuries this year and it was a real failure in terms of the acquisition of the guy like ultimately it's it's kind of funny like i thought wool was fine tonight too and it seems like the leafs have at least a guy back there with the right? you mm-hmm. just want some bullets and some guys who can stand in there and make some saves and he didn't like he didn't crumble he let in a really bad goal and yes the time uh, the timeline if he makes that save what happens who knows it's definitely a part of the loss he owns that piece of it but you at least have a guy who looks competent and showed up in the playoffs and was all right yeah but ultimately so much of this season was about the goaltending and whether or not this is sort of where I, why I brought it up and you go, all right, Samsonov had a really good regular season and he definitely won them a playoff series or it was a huge part of it, but your season ended with the third stringer and that Matt Murray couldn't go because the bandaid guy was hurt and Samsonov wasn't there. And it's just, I think it's a, it's another layer of tough look to the way this team was constructed. It just is like you, you, there was always going to be a good shot with Matt Murray on your team that you had to go to Joe wall. You know, your third stringer was going to be a part of your group. You know, I remember uh, Kipper wrote an article not that long ago that was about Kyle and his contract thing being about dollars and cents and not if they wanted to sign him. But Kyle being like, no, I want more money than that. Be curious to know if they were like, okay, well, you know, we're still not going to give you much more money, but well, we want you back. Like, you know, Dubas could be back, you know, and then then it's a fascinating thing. Would he fire his own coach? You know, would they tell him you can only come back if you don't have your own coach? Like, 
but I'm going to have my ears, ears and eyes open well, over the next couple of days here. I, I think if you were going to talk about one of the biggest blind spots when it comes to Kyle Dubas's tenure, it's the goaltending. The goaltending has always been a bit of a thing with him. You know, you try Jack Campbell, who, you know, had some great stretches here, obviously was good enough to earn himself a huge contract in Edmonton, but you know how it went last year in the playoffs, you know how it went in some big games, the Peter Mrazek signing, trying this Matt Murray experiment that absolutely did not work. You give him credit for Samsonov because he was great during the regular season, but then not available for two games when your season was on the line, right? Like, I know he got hurt, but that's what happens with goalies. Kipper, Kipper Borny and I talked about this on the radio every day for three weeks before the trade deadline, being like, hey, maybe another goalie? Maybe uh, maybe look at another goalie here? Like, you know, I, I don't... It's hard. It's a hard argument to make right now because I don't think Wall's the reason they lost these past two games. I think he was oh, good enough for them to win. in a big game yeah, and they lost yeah, the one. Like, one was good. Yeah, one... Yeah. So I, it's, I think if there was one thing that you're going to point to, it's the goaltending has let them down in certain spots. And that's been kind of a blind spot for Dubas. So I, I don't, the more we're talking about it, I really don't think he's Dubas could be back boys. Like I, I know as soon as the game ended, uh, is it Rossi from Pittsburgh tweeted the, the penguins GM hunt just got a lot more interesting. Yeah, yeah, but when the Raptors won the championship, Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted that Masai Ujiri was going to the Washington Wizards. <laughs> was it like the, at that night? Yeah, it was right after they won. Immediately, <laughs> it was a cheap pop. It was a rude move. It was a dirty move. Here's my only thing about the Pittsburgh thing: is okay, I get it. If Dubas wants more money and power, and they decide to offer him more of like a president role kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? And they say you're. The top of the food chain. There is no Shanahan. You're the everything. The alpha, the omega, whatever. Um, that situation is not exactly an easy one to be walking. Like you want to go to another capped out team with their stars making too much money. Right, except everyone, for the everyone who's that, important is getting worse every minute. Like yeah, just like, age wise, I mean. Yeah. And if I'm Sidney Crosby, I'm like, wait, you're going to bring Sheldon Keefe in here? Hell no. No chance. What are you talking about? There's no way. I... I I think that the next place Sheldon Keefe has to coach is going to be like the Anaheim Ducks somewhere where they can sell them on like regular season. And I, I, I don't think that you can bring him into a meaningful playoff market right away. I just not, not from, not for my team, not if I'm the owner. To me, uh, the type of thing that would seem way more like interesting to Dubas would be like a rebuild situation somewhere where like he's yeah. going in and taking over where it's That's like, he's, he's like already- the no, but he wasn't like in charge, in charge when they were like stripping it down and building it back up, right? Like Lou Lamorello came in here and lit the thing on fire. Like I know he's part of the front office, but like he's not, wasn't the guy that like did it. Like you remember all those wild trades that they traded like 17 guys to get Michael Grabner? One of those guys ended up being Carter Verhage, who was really good for the Florida Panthers in this series. I do, and I'll digress on that. But um, it just feels like if there was ever a spot that he was going to go, It's a place where he has like total control over a crappy team or maybe one that, uh, you know, there's a new ownership group within the province that uh, they're trying to have a sexy new hire and they have a tantalizing young group. I think he would love to go somewhere where he could build from scratch, where he wouldn't get the same scrutiny where if he decided to make some weird choices, I know he wanted to try some different things, but in Toronto, it's just like tough in this market. I, I think he would welcome that opportunity. 
Mm-hmm. I actually okay. think he would also welcome the chance to divest himself of Sheldon Keefstock a little bit and just show people he's not married to one guy. Yeah, the time yeah. for him to show that was last offseason when he should have fired him. But yeah, uh, like I, I agree that he probably should do that. But I, I think the that thing- as we're trying oh. to build the perfect Dubas job here, it's yeah. a little tough to – got to remind yourself that there's only 32 of these jobs and that yeah. they're really hard to come by. And so, yeah, if Pittsburgh comes a call in with a big offer and you're out there going like, you know what I would really like is I'd like all the money and I'd like a rebuild and a little less pressure. And that's yeah. like, yeah, are you really courted that much? Your team won one playoff series in seven years and now yeah. you are shockingly – in an organization that had, you know, JFJ, who I thought was forever going to be at like the top of failure GM Mount Rushmore, there will always be the Dubas stands, but there will always now be a strong case given the amount of talent and resources that Kyle Dubas was given that he was their very worst one. No. <laughs> oh my God. That's a dumb thing to say. I don't, I'm I not don't doing do that now. I'm not doing no. Dubas is the worst Leafs GM because we're not, we're, then we're just divulging into dumb stuff. That's okay. yeah, like I, I that's a that's a wild one to slap me in the face with. Yeah, I don't know. I, that's a wild one. I didn't even say that I agree with that take. I'm just telling you that there is a case for that. Like, <laughs> yeah, what, maybe if you, were, if you were going to hand a team over to a general manager that was going to have those three young players the way that we thought in the moment, you got to remember how things were in the moment when Kyle Dubas was given the car keys to say that you would get one playoff series win in seven seasons is like it's it's unbelievable it's such yeah. a huge disappointment that, a, a, yeah but a lot of that comes down to the failures of the big group right? away like it's like what are the parameters in which you're working it i do think there's a case for it i absolutely do when did lou go to the islanders uh, after year one of matthews because he left after early? the the, yeah. the the big contract over and then Lou came in and Lou was the guy that ended up hiring to our yeah. signing Tavares. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I gotta, I gotta sit down and crunch the numbers on that take. That's a, that's a slap in the face take that I wasn't ready for tonight. That's a good one. Like if you want to go with it, you can go with it. I just, I'm just not ready to agree or disagree with it at this. No comments on that take at this time. I don't really know where I to go. agree or disagree with it. I'm just telling yeah. you that to me, I think that it's worse when you squander talent than it is when you're working from like the post cap era, when you're signing a bunch of Eric Lindrosses and stuff like it's just, yeah, it's but, at not... this, but, but at this point, like, I think that take probably would have been better even a couple years ago. But I think at this point, we know way too much about the core and how flawed they are. And I guess you can, you can talk about him paying those guys, but like everyone would have paid them at the time, I, but everyone would have paid them at the time they paid them. Right. Like, you know, that's, I don't think that, I guess like yep. maybe not trading one of them after last year, you can have the no, conversation. Montreal, it, when you brought up Montreal, that's where I go back and go. I, yeah. You'd love to be able to see the two timelines of what if Toronto actually did decide to say, everybody, Montreal, you know, this is unacceptable. We're making one big change Yeah, and what that would have looked like and how that would have manifested itself. And, Man, a lot of people believe that the Leafs are back to country club, right? That was the whole thing when Lou first came here was no more blue and white country club. This is over now. They hired a coach that was supposed to have like the real juice over the players. And that's Mm -hmm. not what they ended up with now at the end of this run. Anyway, now we're getting too far down the weirdo rabbit hole. Are we done yet? Yeah, Yeah, I think we're 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 good. I'm I'm good. 
Yeah, I, I I don't even think I have a rapid fire tonight. Like it just no. yeah, I it's one it's la- so one last weird. rapid fire for my boy Noel before he goes great off to again. play somewhere else. Excellent again tonight. I just decided great. to eat that swamp thing from Mario, just the big stone thing that drops on people. That's who he is on skates. <laughs> He's an absolute yeah. piston out there. Just yeah. <laughs> hammering away like everybody. <laughs> His agent should be telling him like, hey, man, I know some team is going to offer you more money and you probably want to be back in the States. But I'm telling you, you will have a chain of restaurants here if you just (laughs) like Knowles, you'll have it. It'll you'll have every sports bar. Your memorabilia will be in it and people will want to sit near your jersey. It's a bakery. Come on in. A Charlie's cookie house. You could do it. I think the weirdness for me sort of to close is just that. This, this is going to change. Like we've known this same thing over and over and over again. And there always have been such intense debates around people. And now like the, the argument, or I guess, sorry, the, the discussion I think will no longer be run it back because if someone's coming up to you and going run it back with everybody as it is, you're just like, I'm not, I don't like to be dismissive of people over the time with over sports, but it's kind of like a take now where you go, all right, I, yeah, like you're just in it. Like you're in the cult. Like you're completely. That's actually a really de- a de- clear dividing line at this point. Yeah, like you can't I will not hear that take. Yeah, you can't. You, you, dude, you cannot possibly hear that take. The questions now are interesting because there's a finality to it, but it's like, what are the changes that come? And that is a whole new world for all of us. It's going to be a fascinating one, boys. I really don't know. I cannot believe they lost to the Florida Panthers in five. I know. I it's like it's a it's a death nail to this this era of Leafs hockey. It really they is. They didn't and- win a home game against the Florida Panthers. Their star player Austin Matthews scored no goals. <laughs> they went two of eleven on a power play that was redesigned this year. That could not have been more stacked with money. Most expensive power play mm-hmm. in the NHL against a unit that was twenty third in the NHL. And yeah, they completely no showed in a game three. Right. It is. Oh, other than, other than that, other than that, pretty good. Yeah, other than that, Morgan Riley played great, and everyone uh, still loves Luke Shen. Other than that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? I believe is the line. Uh, uh, anyways, I, to the people that watch and listen to the show, we really do, uh, we really do appreciate you. Um, thank you for watching and following along all year. Obviously, like all the people in the comments, all the people that subscribed, all the people that left reviews, all the people that shared it. Anyway, interacted with us, reached out. You know, I hope that this has at least been, you know, a place where you could feel some frustration or some celebration that we hit some right tones, but obviously I love working with the two of you guys. That's been a pleasure. Yeah. doesn't always feel like work. Sometimes we run these things so long cause we're just screwing around and we're like, all right, I, I regret I'm not calling it best buds though. We really fumbled that yeah, early in the yeah, program. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I try we'll go, my best. We'll go for a rebrand <laughs> next year. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. if I could quickly say from the bottom of my heart, thank you to everyone. Like that worked on this show. Thanks, sis. Thank you, Armin. Thanks, Luke. Thank everybody behind the scenes. I'm probably mm-hmm. forgetting people. Thank you guys, both of you. I love both of you guys very much. And yeah, everybody that everybody Thanks, that Aaron. yeah, Sam, you got a tea in the ground in your mind yet? Are you already on the golf like, course? Listen, yeah, like come on, I'll, I'll get over this pretty quick. I don't know who's gonna be golfing quicker, me or Marner, but it's gonna be pretty yeah. quick. Um, and then yeah, like. I was overwhelmed throughout this playoff run by the, by the reaction to this show and to all the people that reached out to me. And like, I honestly never expected it to get as big as it did. And I'm just, I'm really, really thankful for everybody. So guys, it's been a pleasure. What a year. 
just back to yeah. the same old Leafs. Can't wait to do 82 more regular season ones next year, boys. I'm Kucherov. The hip's bugging me already. <laughs> uh, for J.D. Bunkus, for Justin Bourne, for Sam McKee, again, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. There's going to be plenty of more Leafs breakdown stuff, oh, yeah. probably with cooler heads and a little bit more preparation. So if that's your thing, give us another try. <laughs> Uh, so for the, yeah, real Kipper and born and the JD Bunkus podcast, subscribe to those things as well. And again, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching in next year's their year. Oh. Great ending. <laughs>